Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. One of the milestone moments in, in many of our lives is that first time we, we buy a home. Uh, it can be a very exhilarating time that, that you really look forward to, but at some point in there you, you get hit with the realities of the payments, the paperwork, and, and the risks that uh, owning property bring along with that. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. Hi, I'm Jim Mitchell, back with you, and, and uh, we're going to provide a bit of a primer for the first-time home buyer in our discussion We'll look at the process and important steps that you'll go through along the way. Uh, now, joining me to provide the details and, and share his knowledge and experience in, in residential real estate is Attorney Chance Baditcher of Lavelle Law. This is my first time visiting with Chance, so let me say hello. And Chance, um, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to have you here. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So, you know, when many of us think about buying a home, um, if anything, perhaps we focus on you know closing and, and kind of getting the keys, but but a lot happens prior to that, beginning with the offer itself. You know, as an attorney, are you active right from the beginning of that purchase cycle when an offer is made? Um, I actually don't see the contract until an offer has been accepted. Um, so once a buyer submits their offer to the seller, the seller signs off on it, I want to see that contract as soon as possible because uh, at that point the clock starts ticking um, as soon as it's been accepted. Okay. And, and you know, tell me just quickly here a little bit about the actual offer and contract. That, that's when sort of commitments are made and, and maybe funds start to get moved around. At, at the highest level, you know, what should buyers know about making an offer when they're about to start this process? Well, um, hopefully they've uh, enlisted the services of a a real estate broker because that's really their expertise. Um, They'll help the buyer prepare the offer. Um, They'll hopefully have come up with a pretty decent valuation for the property, negotiated any earnest money that's going to be due um, and also when it's going to be due, um, as well as made sure that uh, the buyer is, you know, pre-qualified and is ready to move forward if they're going to be financing to purchase the property. Okay. And and obviously one of the key next steps at that point would be would be the inspection. I think that comes pretty quickly after that. Who does that? You know, how how does it get arranged and and you know, as a buyer, what what do you advise someone to look at? What should they be focusing on with with uh with an inspection? Well, as soon as uh, you get the accepted offer back from the seller, I would try to schedule that inspection as soon as possible. Um, there are, you know, so many uh, professional home inspectors that it's easy to find one that's willing to get out there. Um, now, you'll usually be going on this inspection with the inspector, so you'll be there to see them point out really any major concerns. Um, what we're going to be looking at are things that may be safety issues, um, if there's any problems with the electrical system. Um, are there any structural concerns? Has there been any flooding? Or are there any active leaks? Uh, are the HVAC system and you know heating and cooling system, are they near the end of their useful life? Uh, are, are the appliances about ready to die? Those are the type of things that we are going to look at. Okay. And, and when you see those things, if there are issues that you look at and say, okay, this is aging, this maybe isn't working the way it's supposed to, you know, what, what should... 
a buyer do then based on you know the outcome of that inspection? Well, we've got a lot of options. Um, first, we could ask the seller to provide a home warranty, um, which will protect us in the future just in case any of those appliances uh, do reach the end of their useful life and they need to be replaced. Um, we can also ask the seller to repair any major concerns that we see, or we can also ask for a closing cost credit. Um, now, if we're awarded a closing cost credit, basically what that means is you'll be getting some money back uh, from the seller at the closing to help with any of the closing costs. Um, and if that's the case, then it's my job to draft a new addendum. Uh, we'll have all the parties sign that to make sure that the, the money makes its way to our buyer. And you, you mentioned a minute or two ago, I, I just want to capture it. it. It's something we hear a lot, but make sure we understand it. You, you mentioned earnest money. Can you kind of just mm -hmm. give us a quick overview of what earnest money is and, and what it does? Sure. Well, once a contract's been accepted, uh, the buyer is going to give the seller what's called earnest money, which is going to be a very small percentage of the purchase price. Uh, now, that's either going to be held um, by the seller's agent, maybe the seller's attorney, and that's going to be an account where it's nice and safe. Um, basically, that's there to make sure that the buyer wants to go through with the sale, um, basically just to hold everybody accountable. And what's what, if any, is the risk of that? Let's let's say a contract is signed, and then you know the buyer needs to secure a loan, and perhaps they have trouble with with uh, getting a loan, or perhaps through this inspection process they find things that create some dispute. Um, is that earnest money sort of gone, or is it uh, something that could be reclaimed in those or other situations? Now, the earnest money is really only at risk if our buyer defaults on this contract. Let's say everything gets signed, our buyer's well on the way to securing financing, and then all of a sudden just decides that he doesn't want to buy the place anymore. Um, the earnest money is held to make sure that the buyer goes through with the deal. Um, if the buyer defaults and says he wants to walk away and doesn't have a good reason for it, um, then the seller gets to keep that earnest money. And you mentioned how financing figures into this. So if, if I go ahead and I think I'm in a good position to buy a, a, a property and I sign a contract and I put this earnest money down, but then quite frankly can't get the financing or can't get the financing in the time that perhaps is laid out in the contract, is that mm -hmm. a reason for me to lose the earnest money particularly? Nope, absolutely not. Um, it's a very important part of my job um, to work with my client's lender uh, right away in the contract, there's going to be what's called a mortgage contingency date, and right away the parties agree that uh, our, the buyer needs to obtain financing from a lender at, at a certain date. If that doesn't happen, I can request what's called a mortgage contingency extension, and that gives us a little more time for our client to secure the proper financing. And. I, I, I'll go back to something again I think I heard you mention earlier that I think is critical, and, and if I got the term wrong here, you can correct me, but I, I think you sort of said being pre-qualified. Obviously, you're not a real estate agent. You're not at that front end of the process, but does it make sense for a first-time buyer to sort of work with a lender in advance and, and know what they can be qualified for before they even start shopping for property? Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend that that be the very first step before we even start looking at homes. You want to make sure that uh, you're meeting your expectations on what you can afford, and also your lender is going to let you know if what <laughs> what your expectations should be. 
Yeah, okay. Well, we're talking about the first-time home buyers uh, here on the podcast today and, and doing so with a first-time participant, Attorney Chance Baticher of Lavelle Law. Now, you can get a, a look at Chance's background at lavellelaw.com and also get a nice overview of uh, both commercial and residential real estate practice groups uh, at the firm. Uh, you'll find a number of great articles uh, on different aspects of the topic, uh, so a lot you can go through if you're uh, interested in, in buying and, and looking for some advice and direction. Um, now, as a property owner, um, Chance, these, these folks, as they buy property, they become responsible for any, paying any, any real estate taxes, taxes on the property. Uh, that becomes a part of your, your ongoing obligation. But those bills kind of come due a couple of times a year, and a home transaction can occur just about any time. Um, how, how does that get reconciled? So a new owner, how are they sure that they're only responsible for paying taxes from the date that they own the house going forward? Mm -hmm. Well, here in Illinois, uh, taxes are paid in arrears. Uh, what that means is the 2014 property taxes were paid in 2015, the 2015 property taxes are paid in 2016, and so on. And when you purchase real estate, uh, the sellers are going to be responsible for, uh, you know, paying the taxes for the time that they own the property. Um, so because the 2016 property taxes won't be due until 2017, the sellers are going to give the buyers what's called a credit, which is going to be used to pay the tax bill when it, when it comes out the following year. Uh, now, this credit is going to be determined by multiplying last year's tax bill by an agreed-upon percentage. Uh, this is usually going to be between 105 and 110 percent of last year's bill, but you know, in 2016, for example, it looks like there's going to be a big property tax hike. So that's actually something that we try to negotiate on behalf of our clients. We want to get them a higher percentage to really protect them for next year's taxes. And we've we've talked primarily so far in our conversation today about, about the, the contract and some of the key things that happen kind of through the buying process. Is there anything else from a contractual point of view that you as an attorney look for uh, that maybe we didn't touch on yet today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it may look, be a standard contract among realtors and uh, real estate attorneys, but it's actually a pretty complex document. So I'm going to have to look at things besides the taxes and, and the mortgage dates. We're also going to see, is this a VA or an FHA loan? Is this government-backed? Um, if that's the case, there's going to be more regulations, and we might need uh, an extension on some of these dates. Um, I'm also going to look to see if there are any uh, pending special assessments. If this is, you know, subject to a homeowners association or a condo association, we want to know not only what the monthly assessment's going to be, but are there any big projects that are on the horizon that my client might uh, need to pay for in the future? Um, we're also going to see, uh, is my client subject to any other contingencies? Are they trying to sell their property? If so, um, we need to set this new closing date to coincide with the sale of our buyer's uh, sale so that you know you can tra easily transition from one property to the other. Um, are the parties going to transfer any personal property? Are there some curtain rods or is there a chandelier that our buyer's interested that would like uh, to stay with the property? And finally, you know, so are there any errors or omissions? Um, did the seller forget to initial <laughs> near the uh, tax proration paragraph? We want to make sure that basically have a catch-all to make sure our client is protected. Yeah, so a lot in the contract, and, and 
you know, we could spend, I think, a whole other podcast talking about the closing process, and perhaps we'll do that down the road. But we've got a minute or two left here today. It can be pretty overwhelming. So to tell us what you like to do in terms of helping your buyers through the actual closing on the deal. Well, um, I'm going to go through every single document with my clients. Uh, when they show up, they're going to be confronted with a large stack of papers from their lender. Now, it's my job to, to make sure that my client understands everything that they'll be signing. And there's a, as you said, there's a lot there. What what does the buyer need to walk into the room with? Do they need to bring anything, or has everything been arranged? Oh, you're going to bring yourself. Bring uh, you're going to bring your ID so we can make sure that you're you. And you're also going to bring a certified check, or you'll have wired uh, the money over to, to cover your end of uh, of the costs. And, and when we talk about the closing, um, we kind of walk through this process beginning to end. Once a contract is signed, what, what's the expectation about how long it's going to be before a closing actually takes place? Well, it's going to depend on whether or not our client is obtaining financing. Um, if it's going to be a cash deal, we can close almost immediately. Um, right now, uh, buyers are getting qualified and final approval in between 30 to 45 days. So that's usually the expectation. And one of the things I, I tend to ask about in some of these things, because we, we hear and see these ads all the time about how people can save money by just going to the Internet and, you know, downloading a, a form and not having to worry about paying for an attorney. Um, just from your description today, it sounds like, you know, not maybe the best idea to do that. There's, there's a lot of value in what you're going to do, and it's going to help really prevent, especially a first-time buyer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's really no form that you can find on the Internet that can help you go through a real estate contract. Um, there are things that, obviously, I'm trained to, to look for right off the bat that may not appear important to um, anyone off the street. Certainly uh, a lot to think about, and that first-time buyer is, is going to have a lot on their hands. So we, we want to thank Attorney Chance Baticher of uh, Lavelle Law for, for being here today. Um, uh, certainly enjoyed the conversation and uh, want to thank him for taking the time to join us. And, of course, uh, uh, thank all of you for being here. And, again, once again, uh, uh, LavelleLaw.com if you'd like to reach out to Chance or 847-705-7555 to arrange a consultation. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 